Hi, my name's Sam Adams and thank you for listening to my podcast. It starts with you. This podcast is about mindset. It's about personal development and ultimately that we are 100% responsible for pretty much everything in our lives. And nothing happens until we decide, we choose and we make a decision and pull the trigger to get things started. Look, when I listen to that and I think about that, it starts with you. It can seem a bit harsh, especially in hard times when it can be quite daunting and overwhelming to think that we are 100% responsible. But it's a good thing. It empowers us and it puts us in control. And part of the idea of this podcast is to help you with that. In this podcast, I'll interview some great human beings, business owners from all walks of life who will share their stories and their journeys and what It All Starts With You means to them. Keep it casual. <laughs> um, hopefully we're live. It says that we are live. Yes, we're live. Cool, cool. We'll jump straight in. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to the It Starts With You podcast. My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. And today I'm really excited. You can tell I'm excited because I've got the amazing Shah Wasnand. I never can pronounce your surname wrong. Well, I decided to think I'm kind of like... Uh... Tyson, Madonna, Prince. Yeah. Just, be, I mean, just say Shah. You could just go by Shah, couldn't you? It's such a cool name. Thank so, you. You know, I'm on for that one, not me. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for it. And you're pretty legendary anyway. So I think, yeah, we'll just go with Shah. <laughs> thank you. You're very welcome. So thank you so much for being here today, uh, recording this. I think it's like the 33rd episode of my podcast. It starts with you. Um, um, actually, although we're streaming it live today, it's not going to go live on the podcast till later in the year when I'm going to be putting it out with Les Brown. So what a what a start to, to the second series of the podcast this will be. Love it. Yeah. And you've got your podcast before I have. Congrats. Sorry? And you've got to your podcast and launching it before I have. So congrats. Yeah, but you know me, Shaw. I literally just went, oh, I'll do the podcast. <laughs> Scrappy launch. Pull it That's all together. Good. I love a scrappy launch. I've just been procrastinating over mine, but it's it's been worth it because I am just so excited about where I've landed up. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a reason for it. There's a reason yeah, for it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh conscious of time and your time's precious, as is our all, as is all of us. Um, rather than me introduce you and maybe I was gonna say fuck it up, but I won't. <laughs> Uh, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, tell the world who is Shah Wasnand. Um, I think it's always better when someone else does it. It feels so weird when you talk about yourself. So I'm just going to do a real whistle stop, and then you can add in anything that you've missed. Or maybe I think what's really interesting for the listeners when it comes to like your guest is that what does that guest mean to you? What's your relationship with that person? So I'll give you the bio. The bio is simple and straightforward. Had yeah. a super eclectic career. Born in California. I moved back to the UK when when I was, uh, you know, about 10, lived in a hostel for homeless families, grew up on a council estate, single parent family. And that is so relevant because it is such a driving force for me today. But, you know, really at my core, what I've noticed and learned about myself over the last three months more and more is I genuinely believe that at my core, I'm a creative activist who happens to be very good at business. 
as yeah. opposed to a business person who's interested in activism and change. I believe that actually what I've learned over the last three months is that that my purpose isn't to make a gajillion. My purpose is actually to to um, to, to really be a catalyst for change because I'm I, I'm very comfortable having very difficult conversations about yeah. things that really matter to me, and hopefully I can you know hopefully I can. I can make people who wouldn't necessarily listen before listen to new ways of, of, of thinking and have difficult conversations. And so it's, it's been a real interesting few months for me. So in terms of my background, I've done everything from being the only licensed female boxing manager in the entire world to working around a kitchen table with Sir James Dyson. I've sold over 250,000 books. I've had uh, my first book, Stop Talking, Start Doing, was a number one on the WH Smith charts for over a year, for 14 months in a row, broke all their records. Uh, I've had a Sunday Times best-selling book as well. Um, so I say these things not to impress anyone, really, because I think I'm pretty grounded and humble, but to impress upon you that it really doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter how many things are stacked up against you or how many things were stacked up against you. What really matters is, as of right now, this moment, what is it that you want for you going forward and how are you going to make that happen? That that social mobility piece, I am I am on a mission to create financial empowerment. That That is my mission. Absolutely. It, look, your your bio, whether you like it or not, or however you put it out there, it is inspiring. It inspires me. Stories like yours and obviously Les, his background as well, they really are massively inspiring to me. Um, so you have to keep sharing it, I'm afraid. <laughs> and you have to keep saying it. But so you've written four, is it four books you've written? Yeah, I've written four books now. Four, four books. books. Um, you've got an MBE for it, services to business. Um, See, I've got that in my bio. I, I forgot that. Rob Moore told me off. He said, do you know what? You hardly ever even, if I had, he told my partner, he said, do you understand that if I was shot, I would be telling everybody how great I am every yeah. single day. Do you know, if it was me, I'd be saying it. Somebody put a post on Facebook the other day saying, oh, what letters have you got after your name? And I put E-H. And she said, what does that mean? I went, epic human. That's all I've got. <laughs> but I haven't got any letters after me though, but sure as hell if I did, I'd be using them. Yeah, I don't. I don't really use them, but I am very proud of them. So, Charles yeah. Wasman, MBE, and I've got that for services to business and entrepreneurship. Yeah, I am proud of them. I am. So you should be. So you should be. So listen, let's kick off with the podcast called "It Starts with You," which is super important to me. My branding, my team, you know, my podcast calls that. My business is called that, um, and that's really about uh, the message behind that is about us taking responsibility for ourselves, our lives, our actions, our behaviours. Yeah, and understanding that's empowering, and that's that's a good thing because I know some people think we like to blame and complain and whatever. Um, but I'm I'm a big believer in us taking control, and when we do that, that that's the route to a better life, I guess. Hundred um, percent. Cool, because that's my question to you. What does it mean to you? Because I I kind of know your story, but the listeners probably don't. Well, um, for me, it starts with you. Means that. Ultimately, no, no matter where we've come from, no matter what our adversities, it is up to us. Yeah. We have the power to change the future. We can't change the past. We can't change, um, you know, the families that we were born into. And I wouldn't want to change my family. Just because we were poor doesn't mean that, that for, I think that actually my upbringing made me who I am. And so I would say that 
It's all about taking personal responsibility. It's about being self-aware, right? And and it spans everything. It spans your health, your mental health, your physical health. It spans Mm -hmm. your business, all of it. So if we take it down to... Oh, what happened? No, it's all right. You're back. Oh, did I go? Um, (laughs) If we take it to a level that everybody understands, right, your your health and your fitness, um, for me... I know that I've worked harder over the last three months, longer hours than I have done in living memory. Mm. I know that I have um, spent the vast majority of my time doing my best to show up for my community and I haven't actually launched any new programs, any anything. And I'm fine with that. But there have been that there that also plays a toll, right? I can cut the financial uh, toll. I'm all right with because... Yeah. You know, that's what being financially empowered means. It means it gives you choice to focus on the things that really matter to you. So rather than having to constantly be focused on, you know, how much revenue am I making? What am I launching? What are the new things? Where's the new revenue coming? I'm like, no, actually, I want to focus on my people. And I want to focus on the topics that we're talking about right now today that are really important to me. And I want to be encouraging more people to have these difficult conversations. And actually, that is more important to me than whether we make more money this month than we did last month or last year. But the physical toll that is played on me is that I feel like quite like burnt out, not stressed, but physically burnt out through lack of sleep, lack of, I would say, I'm usually my exercise is usually on point. My nutrition is usually on point. And, you know, I'm thinking, right, I'm pretty sure I'm carrying like an extra 10 pounds, which is very unusual for me. And and for me, that's that's based on primarily lack of sleep, being tired all the time and grabbing snacks. Yeah. And so the reason why I'm sharing this is because it doesn't matter whether it's your business or your health, it starts with you. So if I want to change that, then I have to change. I have to say, it doesn't matter what programs I sign up to, I have to change it. And it's a very simple exercise. But whether you believe in keto or whatever thing that people buy into in the moment, and I'm not dissing or approving any of them, it's very simple. Calories in, calories out. That's how you lose weight or you gain weight. It's very, very simple. It's no more complex than that, right? That's it. So, uh, but for me, it's never... Is I actually don't like eating unhealthy and I actually don't like not exercising. So that's a big win because it makes it easier. So my my challenge is time. So like my time is just taken up constantly. So what yeah. I have to now do is prioritize myself, my time. And then I know that in 30 days, I'll be a whole different person in 30 days because, and it's not just about whether it's losing 10 pounds or it's about, am I getting enough sleep? Am I getting enough hydration? Am I getting enough deep sleep? Am I getting, you know, all of these things. And and whatever you want to change, whether it's your, your health, your fitness, your business, it starts with you. And yeah. it ends with you. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. There can be some people in between that are going to help you, but it starts with you and it ends with you. Yeah. I was going to make that my strap line. I just thought it was a bit too long. <laughs> but the thing is, I say in my group and, and stuff, is like it starts with you having that – that one thought, that one decision, that one action. It can be the it can be micro, but it can be the catalyst to start something. And it may well start with you and that and your personal responsibility for whatever, for yourself and for others. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you have to go alone. No, it doesn't, but you do need consistency. So I'm a big believer in asking for help, right? Yeah, so if there's something that you need help with, rather than suffer in silence, go and ask for help and pay for help so you can get the result quicker and get the rewards quicker as well. 
But you won't get the rewards in your health, your fitness, your business if you aren't consistent. You can't show up. It's like, you know, I can't expect to change my fitness by running 10 miles tomorrow and then not doing anything for another six months. Yeah, exactly. That's not going to work. I can't, like, focus on my macros and my micros for the next, like, two weeks and be totally on point and then go and eat Ben and Jerry's every day thereafter. It's about what, what you do every day that consistency right that consistency yeah absolutely it's um you know i talk about consistency a lot i'm big on habits and routines i'm very kind of disciplined but that's taken years for me to get like that um but it it doesn't have to be massive then it's just those small little things day to day that will give you big impact over time totally like i remember you said you you told me you were fasting the other day i'm like Mate, what are you fasting for? And you're like, oh no, I had a little bit of cake on my birthday, so I'm gonna fast all day today. Yeah, wasn't just the cake; it was the prosecco and the port um, that actually tipped it over. But I just, I'm just kind of like to break the the cycle and and yeah, kick myself back into it. Again. I don't think I actually think that's a good thing, right? Because what you're what you're saying is okay. So I overindulged. I'm going to reset the button, and the best yeah. way to reset the button isn't just to have a normal day; is to you know go backwards and then come back to a normal day yeah i'm a big believer in the whole reset thing so you know and i say that a lot you know about reset and every day's an opportunity to reset in my book um yeah. and get on the horse and try again and go again and yeah it, yeah absolutely so i love that that you love what i do <laughs> i say love what i do i love you love my tagline but it is it is everything starts with us wh whatever it's around but self first always for me um, and you know, improving our body and our minds, uh, it all starts with us, and we can get some support. And David says on there, uh, always three fingers, always three fingers pointing back. Yes, David, there is. Uh, and Katie has jumped on, love that, so true. 30 days, I do that too, break the cycle with everything. Yes, I know Katie, she's an award winning business lady as well. Um, Hello, Katie, how are you doing this afternoon? Yeah, she is a fabulous lady. So nice to see you here, Katie. Thanks for jumping on. Um, so I want to touch on your upbringing a little bit because obviously how we're raised is kind of like how we are as adults generally. Yeah. Um, what you were brought up in California for 10 years and then you came to the UK. Um, what impact do you think? Because obviously you had quite a poor upbringing. How much? No, I had a very, very, very poor upbringing, not quite a poor upbringing. Okay. Well, I don't know the finer details. <laughs> All right. So to me, a poor upbringing is where, you know, you don't have a lot of money. You probably don't go on holiday, but you, you have a house and, you know, you 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 at least have a home and yeah. you may own it. And it's probably just not a very expensive home. And, and that to me, and, and maybe you don't, maybe you're in a council house. But to me, being very poor is that you don't even have a home. You're homeless. That's very poor to me. And yeah. that was me. Like I spent two years being homeless as a kid and living in hostels for homeless families. And then we moved to a council estate. And so to me being really poor is is not just not having the niceties of life it's not having the basics so you know i didn't have a roof over my head and as far as i'm concerned if you don't have a roof over your head that to me means you are very poor not just poor yeah. and there is a difference right and and so i would say that the how i've been raised thankfully was to always believe that where i was wasn't where i was going to end up and I'm also grateful because I think some of this, truthfully, is nature and some of it is nurture. Some of it is just being genetically blessed to have some kind of super resilient gene. Because yeah. I do think that I've been the way I've been since I was about eight years old. Right. So it's so genetic. I think so. I think I told this story on um, 
I think I was doing something with Nick James the other day about Black Lives Matter. And uh, I was asked, well, <clears throat> when did I have such a, a strong stance for what I believe was right and wrong? And I said, well, I think it actually stems back to my godparents were Jamaican and I was about eight and um, I went to school with my goddaughter, Valerie, and she was Jamaican and she was being bullied in the school playground and a bunch yeah. of girls had circled her and were pushing her from one to the other, calling her the N-word. And at eight years old, I just literally... I completely lost it and I had no fear and I'm not I'm tiny so imagine what I was like when I was you know eight yeah. and I just pushed my way through and I punched the girl who pushed her in the face didn't think twice I'd do it again I would encourage my kids to do it if you see that behavior intervene yeah. I'm not trying to say I condone violence before anybody jumps all the way to that conclusion <laughs> I am saying protect people and yeah. if the way you protect people includes violence that doesn't kill people i'm actually all right with that yeah do you so you don't think that like at that age what do you say you were like eight eight that hadn't come necessarily from your parenting or how you were parented it, it was i don't know my mom was a very my mom was very political she was definitely an activist um right. you know right. my so yes i could see that that side of it but that real sense of 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 strong loyalty that that fierce lioness mm. i think partly that is just instinctive it's in your is baked into your dna because yeah. at eight years old i didn't stand back and think well you know what should i do like should i go and get a teacher mm. i didn't think well what will happen to me if I, I didn't have any time to think to me it was really mm. simple my friend was in danger and i was going to protect her and that was it yeah yeah and you just stepped up I mean, I, I see, I was brought up in a very different way, whereas it's like, you know, don't say anything, violence doesn't solve anything, you know, and literally head up, walk on, walk away. That that was how I was brought up. And so I'm still like that as an adult. Stepping up and stepping out is uncomfortable to me. Um, uh, confrontation, you know, no one really likes confrontation anyway, but, well. I don't mind confrontation. <laughs> you don't mind hard conversations. I'm I don't mind confrontation. I don't mind hard conversation. I won't go looking for confrontation. And this is why I think things can get misinterpreted. So when I say I don't mind confrontation, people think that I'm aggressive. I'm totally not aggressive unless you give me a reason to be aggressive. And if you yeah, give yeah. me a reason to be aggressive, I'm not afraid of confrontation. And I'm definitely not afraid of standing up for people. And I'm definitely not afraid of speaking up for what I believe in. So I think there's a difference. I'm never going to go out looking for confrontation because mm -hmm. I don't believe that is the way to solve things the vast majority of the time. I definitely don't condone violence, but I do condone protecting people. And I yeah. do condone stepping in and doing whatever is necessary to protect the person that's the most vulnerable. That I do believe in. Yeah, I know, obviously know that massively about you, um, stepping up and protecting the vulnerable and the minority and those that are marginalized. Um, yeah. That's, that's been evident obviously in the last uh, three months, I guess, but more so in the last few weeks. Um, who, so obviously growing up and you being you, how you are an activist at heart and all of that, who has had the biggest influence on you then? to this point in your life? Um, what is interesting, I would say there's many people um, for different reasons. So so my mum, very early, you know, very early on, my mum wasn't like, you know, most typical mum. She was um, 
self-taught, self-educated. She left school at 16, went traveling the world. She was very political. She was an activist. She was incredibly well-read. She taught yeah. me about all different religions. And so I feel like I had a very, very broad cultural upbringing that was very different to what most people would expect, you know, from Shah Wasman, MBE, who expect, if they don't know me, that I've been brought up very middle class, right? And I ended up going to a very... Um, you know, a very well-known private school to do my A-levels. And so people assume that that was because I had money and because I come from a particular family. What they don't realise is that I was on a full scholarship and travelling in from a council estate when when I went to school. So I think that for me, those, those you know, it would have started with my mum and very much my nan, who I'm so grateful is still, still here with me at 95. Mm-hmm. And those were the ethics and the morals or, and the values of doing the right thing and and doing the right thing, even when the moment has passed, having the courage to always do the right thing um, to, you know, and and then I, I, I think over time, I've looked at other people and there were Lynn Franks, who's now um, a very good friend of mine. She, what a lot of people don't know about Lynn is that, you know, people, you know, I guess if you're over 35, you'd know her from Ab Fab and uh, the yeah. TV show that was that was made about her. Um, but she founded London Fashion Week. London Fashion Week would not happen if it wasn't for her. She yeah. was definitely a big role model for me. And again, it's interesting because she's an activist as well. Yeah, so because I, that she is, isn't she? So I see a theme coming through here that I maybe I haven't always recognised, right? Yeah. Um, and and there's, but there's been plenty of men along the way who have very much stepped into that mentorship role for me, and I'm very grateful for that too. No, no standout one person just various people really various people for for different reasons and and i think to myself um you know sometimes you have people closer to home and sometimes they're people you don't even know and sometimes they're people that you meet on the way um and i feel grateful to have been impacted by a lot of people i I would definitely wouldn't say it was one person okay cool what um so when you was a young kid and you went to school and you got your scholarship what what was your sort of plan I guess what did you want to be what did you want to become so at one point I wanted to work for the United Nations right then I wanted to be a lawyer which I think I I would have been a very good lawyer yes yeah (laughs) I I went to the London School of Economics and I studied economics so I could have got into the city or bank and I couldn't think of anything worse than that um and I think that for me when I was at school and I was you know I was at this amazing school the city of london school for girls but make no mistake it was filled with incredibly privileged kids and that doesn't mean they were bad i'm not trying to suggest it because you've got money you're bad or because you don't have money you're good that's not how it works but they were very privileged and there was me traveling to school an hour and a half every day and an hour and a half back home on a train from a council estate so i was very very different to to the rest of the girls I, i was actually um in the same class as Claudia Winkleman. So we had a pretty good year, I would say, at that school. And um, it it really built in a a real drive in the girls to be successful in their own rights, on their own merit. And I think that that's definitely served me well. Yeah, yeah. Claudia Winkleman, I love her. It's great. (laughs) Slip that in there, because I think she's amazing. So was it like, you know, Obviously, then you became, I don't even know how you became a boxing promoter. How did that all happen? So, so I, uh, I'll cut a very long story short. I stole some paper. I stole some paper from the editor's office of Cosmopolitan magazine 
And uh, I guess a little caveat on that is that the editor would definitely be, would have been one of the women I would have mentioned as being one of my mentors and true inspirations. And I wrote to Chris Eubank, who was the super middleweight champion of the world at the time. And I asked him for an interview um, for Cosmopolitan, which is why I stole the paper. And he said, yes. And then I did the interview. And obviously, because me and my naivety didn't realize that at the time, other than me, no women were really that interested in boxing. So the incredible editor sold my story that I had kind of uh, lied and said it was for Cosmo. She sold it to News of the World um, for £15,000 and wow. was giving me the money to pay off my student loans. So, I, I, I mean, you know, I've got lucky in my career because she was just like, uh, what possessed you to think that any of my readers would be interested in this? But you know what? I just massively respect your husband. <laughs> your kind of determination. She said, you know, like how much is your student loan? And I said, oh, about 13 grand. And she went, okay, hold on a second. She literally picked up the phone, called the editor and said, I know you've been trying to get this interview. I think I've got it. It's 15 grand. And they were like, yep, yeah, we'll take it. That was it. How mental is that? How mental is that? What a story. Persistent opportunism. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think that half the time when I was in these situations, I realized this, like, what an insane situation and incredible story. I was literally in the middle of living. Yeah, amazing time. So then, so obviously you did the story, you got your student loan paid off, but then how did you become involved? I interviewed him and at the same time another journalist was there and she was just a right cow and she stormed out of the room, stormed out of the interview and he said to me, well, you know, you're the PR expert, you're the journalist. I'm like, oh my God, he doesn't even realise I'm not a PR and I'm not a journalist and I'm studying economics at LSE. He said, well, what would you do? And I said, wow, Chris, you know, my naivety, but really super confident. Like, I was like, well, Chris, I don't really know why why you took the interview because, you know, that's her style and you've got nothing to sell and you've got nothing to promote. So what was the benefit for you? And his face was like, yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell was the benefit for me? And so he's calling <laughs> up with the promoter saying, who set this up and why did you set this up and what was the point in it? Anyway, he put the phone down and said, do you want a job? So I just said, yeah, great. I had no idea what the job was, none. And he had no idea that I was at university. He thought I was writing for Cosmopolitan magazine and he thought he was going to hire me as a PR manager. And and so um, I thought, oh, when am I going to tell him? And <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't really know what to say right now. So he asked me for my phone number. And by the time I got home, I lived in this little studio flat in Finsbury Park. By the time I got home, he had... Uh, he, I, there was an answer machine message and he told me I had to be at Gatwick Airport the next morning at 8.30 and to pack a bag for two days. And I had no clue what I was doing. And I also thought it was a little bit suspect. But I got <laughs> there with my bag. My boyfriend at the time, who I'm still good friends with, definitely thought it was very suspect. And I got there and I found out that we were flying to Manchester and we were going to put on the biggest fight at Old Trafford that the country has ever to this point seen. Really? Yeah. Done. 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 Yeah. Amazing, yeah. amazing. That's what you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, so, and, and that's what you have to do. You have to keep showing up. It doesn't you know? Be persistent. Be persistent. And my dad always taught me, don't, don't ask, don't get. So I'm kind of a bit like that, you know. Always. So uh, yeah, I just that, that's my attitude to a lot of things. Don't ask, don't get. The amount of people I ask for stuff, uh, and eventually it pays off. Some of it, you know, not all of it, but you know, but often it, it does. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like people say to me, oh, 
well, how do you know Les Brown? I'm like, well, I bumped into him, got chatting, and then I'm asking him things. And yeah, you just, we you be on a podcast? Yeah, we didn't. We're friends. It's, I don't know. It just happens. You just, but you've got to put yourself in the position of having yeah. those opportunities. Yeah. You know, front and centre. You know, it's like yeah. me asking you to do this, and who, you know, if you don't ask these people, no one's going to do it at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, you know. Well, on that note, on that note, I'm putting it out there. I'm asking Curtis Jackson to be on my podcast. Who's Curtis Jackson? Oh, Sam, do I really need? <laughs> Are you disappointed that I don't know? Hang on. Uh, Okay, 50 Cent. Oh, okay. <laughs> his real name is Curtis Jackson. And the reason I want him on my podcast is nothing to do with his music. He's just written an amazing business book called Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. And yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's probably my favorite business book I've read in many years. Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Probably my favorite business book I've read in years. Really, really. One of the things I have written down as my questions, and I've got quite a lot, we, we won't get through them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, we're, we're, half, we're half an hour in. We might be here for the next five hours if you try to yeah, get through yeah. all those well, questions. We've got, we've got about 20 minutes or so. Um, I was going to ask you about resources for business and what kind of things have impacted you. Obviously, recently, that book has been a great addition. Yeah. What, what other things, what resources throughout your – how long have you been in business, Ed? So I don't know how long. 20 Sorry? years. 20 20 years? Years? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe 25 actually. Um, what resources? Uh, honestly, I, I, I think the reason why I do what I do today is I couldn't find the resources that I wanted, so I created them. Amazing. <laughs> I said, if it's not there, create it. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. So what, okay, so all of the things that you've created, what, what are you most proudest of then? I am most proud of two things um i'm most proud of a, of a retreat that i i run and i've run for six years called the one retreat yeah. and i'm proud of this because i run it at cost and i don't make any profit and it's my way of giving back and i'm proud of it because i don't think i've ever been involved in anything that's mine or anyone else's where the words life-changing have been used to describe it as frequently as they have with the one retreat and I don't take credit for that I feel like I have been very fortunate to have somehow been a conduit for bringing together groups of women every time I run the retreat who are just the perfect mix for that group and the amount of friendships and businesses that have been created through it and I just feel that the work I've done there is deeply deeply transformational from the inside out, life-changing, and, yeah, that's what I want to give back. So so that's one thing. And then the second thing, on a broader thing, and it's definitely not where I make my most money, but it's, <laughs> but it's a six-figure club, and that's because of the community. And um, when I – it's interesting what's happened to me over the last three months, how it's made me really, really – reassess what's important to me what my priorities are and how I'm gonna really start to reflect all of that in everything I do mm -hmm. and if the work that I'm doing doesn't if it doesn't reflect back to my core values I'm not doing it I've got incredibly binary over the last three months well no I've been in your world a little bit sort of on, I've been one of those lurkers as you know well, I think that happens a lot doesn't it even with yeah. me with clients you know yeah. I have a client 
joined me the other day and she's like, yeah, I've been watching you for like two years and I watched your lives and now I'm like, ah, I need help. And it's the same for me kind of being in your world. You you lurk, don't you, for a while and before you take the leap. But I've definitely seen a different Shah to maybe the Shah from last year even. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're going to see, an, I think from next month, you're going to see a radical change in everything that I do, like radical change in everything that I do. Um, and, and and like I said, what's become abundantly apparent to me is what really matters to me. Sometimes you need to spend time with your peers to really unpack this. And actually it was spending time with Rob that really helped me unpack this. And um, he, was, he was saying how what he's seen from the outside looking in is that what actually really matters to me isn't making the money. Mm that is making the impact and he said yeah. and I think that that is genuine for you that some of us say that you know because that seems like the right thing to say that we should say it but really yeah. deep down we're, we really want to make the money cool. but with you he said you know if you won the lottery you wouldn't move house nope I've got a beautiful house on Greenwich Park in London I've got a beautiful house on the beach in Whitstable so I hit a point where I was like, well, I don't know. What's my next goal? Where am I supposed to go from here? Because there isn't anything else that I want. So even yeah. if I make 10 times what I'm making now, I'm not going to change my, my lifestyle. Won't change. I'm not going to get any happier. But you know what's made me happy? What's really made me happy over, over the last three months? First of all, with COVID was the, the amount of people who reached out to me to just simply say, Shah, I just want to say you've made such a difference. Like you showing up as you have over the last few weeks, knowing that I didn't have to deal with this by myself, knowing that there was a place that I could go where there wasn't anything like a stupid question. But I wasn't going to be judged being not enough. I wasn't going to be judged that I didn't know how to work this out. That I wasn't going to be judged for whatever question that I was asking. That meant so much to me. And most yeah. certainly the last couple of weeks when we've been discussing Black Lives Matter. And I've been incredibly vocal on my own platform and on other people's platforms. And to the degree of trying to, you know, persuade, cajole other people to use their platforms to have very difficult conversations too. The yeah. amount of, you know, really touching messages that have come from the black community and, and the white community. I'm not going to, you know, say that. But it is particularly touching for me when people in the black community reach out to me to tell me what it means to them that I'm prepared to take a stand. And I think the difference for me is that it's a recognition that actually I've been having this conversation since I was eight years old. This has mattered to me mm. since probably the first time I could start to really understand these conversations. And yet, probably because of the background that I came from, financial stability was always my driver and now I'm in a place of financial stability that no longer needs to be my driver so what is my driver what is going to wake me up every day and I've got so clear on that on the last few weeks like I've got so clear on it and 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 that really is based for me around financial empowerment because if you're not financially empowered you'll be overpowered whether you know and and financial empowerment is harder for minorities it's harder for women but it's not impossible and so i want to change the impossible to possible and I, I i'm as much as i can help a handful of people move from making six figures to making seven figures ass doesn't really interest me but looking at seeing whether I can, you know, take a thousand people, five thousand people, and teach them how to take six figures home into their own pocket, that is that is a change to generational wealth, not yeah. just their own wealth. And the reason it is is because even though a hundred thousand in London isn't a huge amount of money, if you're taking that home into your own pocket, that is life changing for most people. That's a, it's a, you know, it's transformational. And, and I'm not. 
interested in talking about seven figures because just because you know I can build I've built businesses that do that multiple times but actually you can't get there until you've done six and the truth is that if I can teach people how to take six figures home into their own pockets yes it changes their financial situation but it changes their confidence in themselves and their own ability it changes their future it changes the the their path it changes their projections and in turn that what that does is it does an intervention with their whole family dynamics in a positive way because what it does is it shows their kids generationally what is possible because if one of you can do it two of you can do it and if two of you can do it four of you can do it and to me that's without a doubt become the single most important thing for me to do yeah amazing i mean if people bring home six figures into their pocket I mean, it's not top 1%, but, it, you know, it's the top few percent. So if you can, you know, support people and help people to do that, you know, that's life-changing money for a lot of people. That really, really is. Um, you know, I, I don't have anyone in my family that's ever done that. You know, my dad was a floor layer. My mum was a nurse. I don't have a lot of family. A lot of my family are in the Caribbean growing up. So there's no role models for me, really. Um, you know, and I've always chased money a little bit. But actually, for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm on the right path. I'm yes. doing what I love. And whilst, yes, it would be nice to have that money, actually, I'm, my heart is so full because I'm actually And I truly it. believe, I truly believe that someone like you, it will take you a little bit of time, six months, to really bed all what you're doing down and build your audience and all of that. But then, then that's when you start to, you know, change the business model a little bit, shift things up a bit. And then you know, those six figures come easy yeah. because you've got the loyalty with your people. Yeah. I mean, I've always been doing what I'm doing, just not properly. <laughs> uh, but I do want to say, to, you know, on this podcast, actually, that I think, you know, you stepping up for the pandemic, you know, literally I saw you through different eyes. Not that they weren't great eyes before, but actually your level of commitment and showing up day in, day out, I mean, you you did a live every day. I think it was 11 o'clock for God knows how long. And, um, and 8 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And for, yeah, you did all those sessions with other people, brought in people as well. Um, and for people like me, who I've worked for myself for, for 20 years, and we're like, shit, what are we going to do? You know, I needed that information and that support. And that, you just brought a whole different community and a different kind of energy to that. And that really drew me in even more to your world. And I'm like, Jesus, this woman is just giving everything to us. And, you weren't doing anything in your own business. This was just about helping business owners. Yeah. And it literally changed, like I say, I, I just saw you through different eyes. And again, through Black Lives Matters, you've done exactly the same again. And you've just kind of stepped up and been very vocal, very supportive. And I know you've been supportive of me, which I'll be eternally grateful because I don't like to use the words life-changing, but I think you know that you've changed my life. Um impacted me enough to, to speak up and start speaking out so you know yeah it's just you know how in the last three months I can definitely see a different woman although I didn't know you very well and I still don't know mass you massively well but there's a massive shift uh, and what you've done and what you've given to your community and other and drawn other people in it's just incredible it's, and no wonder you're feeling like you're feeling because yeah. I'm a bit tired <laughs> Because I ran a, I ran a <laughs> challenge last week. I did a five days to find a new mojo challenge. Honestly, I'm still recovering. <laughs> to be honest, I'd really like to press pause for a month and go out to Marrakesh. Uh, I, I run retreats out in Marrakesh, and I would love to just go out to Marrakesh <laughs> and switch off 
for a whole entire month. Like, I don't want to do anything. Can someone else show up in all of my communities for me for a month? Let me just switch off and, yeah. Uh, Victoria. And Kim's in the house. She said, totally agree. The support from Shah gave, gave me a huge, I think she means kick up the butt at the beginning of lockdown and the community is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Six Figure Club. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, please go and check out the Six Figure Club. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. I'm a part of it. I think I'll always be a part of it now. Um, you know, I've well, been when you see what we're about to do, oh my God, we're going like, yeah. we're not going next level. We're going like 25 levels. Yeah. I'm so excited about the future. I am really, really excited. Like, I have not been more excited about anything that we've done in the last five years. Yeah, amazing. I can't wait to hear hear all about it. I really, really can't. But a um, couple more questions. Victoria says you're missing your 17 weeks holiday. Hey, I am. Sorry? I am. I am so missing my 17 weeks holiday. Trust me, the next, the top of my list this weekend is figuring out I'm going to be spending the whole of August somewhere with me, a villa, and a pool. <laughs> Can I come? Oh, God. Yeah, I can't wait to get away, to be honest with you. I absolutely uh, And do. that's when I'll come back in September, like, our next level, because I'll spend three hours a day exercising, I'll sleep loads, I'll read loads, and I'll get really creative. And that's what's happened over the last three months. I haven't had any time to switch off. Yeah. I haven't had any time to switch off. I wake up, especially the last few weeks, I wake up and I've been tagged on 50 different posts and I feel so compelled and responsible to reply to these posts yeah. because of everything that's going on and because it matters to me and it means something to me. But yeah. then, you know, I've got my team saying, like, shut up, like, you know you've got some work to do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, I'll catch up. So then I wake up at 5 and I go to bed at 11. And, you know, that's unsustainable for anyone. It absolutely is. You know, I, I did it the other night, literally. I think we were at uh, Sunday night. You know, we did our two-hour session. And, then I, and I, then I did a little bit more. And then I was up, like, 5 o'clock. I'm, like, hot, blown away. Monday. I'm literally useless. Um, yeah, so you, we need our R&R, absolutely, uh, 100%. I'm a massive proponent of R&R. &R. Um, I love the hustle, but it's focused hustle, uh, in my opinion, and uh, get the R&R &R in. Um, Victoria saying, this, hus this lockdown has been pure hustle, dude. <laughs> It has been, you know, and I'm grateful for it. Uh, it taught me a lot. I'm really grateful for it. But now I just feel it's just so weird. Like, you know, we had COVID, the pandemic. We had, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter isn't something that we had and it's gone away, right? That, let's just be yeah. clear about this. This is an ongoing conversation. It's a marathon and not a sprint. I then yeah. had my car stolen and then had the roof in, you know, I had the ceiling fall in in my house. And I'm just like, okay, I need a rest. <laughs> I just need a time out. <laughs> Give me five minutes. But well, we're not letting you have it. You know, if you know it's like, please don't go. <laughs> and all you lot I made for more said, oh, can we do one more session? I know. I spoke to Jules today. This is good. No one will know what we're talking about, quite frankly, now on the podcast. But I spoke to Jules today. And even she was like, I don't know. I've got all these problems. And I, <laughs> and I, and I don't know where to go with my problems. <laughs> exactly. So... I don't think I helped her either, but anyway, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Basically, if you're listening, Shah runs an amazing mastermind called Made for More, um, and I'm a part and of that. Sam and Victoria, and maybe we should get Kim to come in, and yeah, maybe we we'll get Katie to join the September cohort as well. Absolutely. I mean, if anyone's looking for a mastermind, it's the first mastermind I've ever done. I was looking for one. It kind of, kind of serendipitously came into my life. 
And yeah, I'm already in for the next one. So yeah, amazing masterpiece. Can I just talk about it for a minute? Because I'm not, I'm not selling. I'm not on, no, 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 I'm not selling. I'm not putting any links up or anything. But I want to address something because I think this is really important for women to listen to. I've always been a woman working in a man's world and I've always been the only woman in a situation. So truthfully, I was not sure when I started Made For More because it's a women's only mastermind whether I would enjoy it. Mm. And I wasn't sure. How, and I just cannot believe the the, the just the, the camaraderie, the support. Like there isn't one ounce of bitchiness in any of that. You know, I've run this twice now and I'm doing a third mm. one in September. And that's what I was worried about. And I'm saying this because I think it's important because sometimes I think... I would be like, oh, I'm not joining an all-women mastermind. That's just going to be like, oh, yeah. nah, I can't be bothered with all of that crap. I don't do that. I don't want it. But I think maybe because I am so binary, I think that maybe because I am so full-on that everybody knows if you come and join my mastermind, that is not tolerated. So then I just don't get anyone who has that in them anyway, right? It was, I mean, it's an amazing experience. Um, I just couldn't have expected 12 weeks like it. It's just been incredible. And yeah, it's a great experience. So any ladies that are listening to this, looking for a mastermind, please join. It's honestly, the, it's like, obviously we've got an amazing leader in, in you, but you know, just the connections and the community and the support from each, you know, from one another is absolutely amazing. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at Victoria. Can you stop talking about Made For More? <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't sell my place, Charles. Please, best thing I've ever done. Met my new work, Bezzy Sam, as a bonus. Yeah, I love Victoria. Victoria is, you know, like we are real buddies now. We live the opposite ends of the country, but we have our little chats and stuff. And she's been a. That's what I was just saying about the connections yeah. and the community. Like I was talking to Jules uh, to, this morning, yeah. and Victoria's become a good friend. It's just I amazing. Can't imagine what it's going to be like on the next cohort because we're going to be able to actually physically meet in person. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. And that's the other thing, isn't it? How are we adapted to not even meeting face-to-face? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we still created an amazing connections. Yeah, it's been um, it's been incredible, and and like you know, I feel super lucky and grateful for do that for doing that work, and yeah. I feel just oh, I'm so excited for the rest of the year. Really yeah. so excited. Can't can't wait for the next one. Right, I'm conscious of time. Couple of quick questions I want to get in. And oh, a couple quick of questions. We got like. Oh, we've got like, like five minutes. Five minutes. All right. Well, don't make them long answers. Then. All right. Go. Uh, hang on. What uh, one thing you wished you'd known before you began in business? How important switching off is. Right. Okay. So when you first started off, you didn't really switch off. Mm, no, it took me a long time to learn that, and 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 I would say I haven't this year. I haven't been very good at it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I think- unprecedented times obviously in the last three months so. actually so i would say oh the other thing i would say is just hire a cleaner like hire a cleaner yeah. that's my number one business tip ever i always yeah. say the same thing if somebody says what's your number one business tip hire a cleaner i want to ask that question then <laughs> it's always the same i've never changed it hire a cleaner well, I, honestly i had a, one of my one-to-one clients he started used to moan at me about his cleaner and i said won't tell you his name but anyway um i said you know the amount of money you'll make Go and hire a cleaner. Right? It changes his life. It changes his life. It's a really good business advice. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I, I, I've, I've taken that from you. Well, I was doing it anyway. Uh, okay, quickly. The next question. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Oh, all the messages that I get from all the wonderful people who are appreciating and acknowledging 
that I'm showing up that as me and if it what what's happened is the message that i've got from you from victoria from hannah um hi hannah um and from yeah from, from a bunch of not just women for some guys as well even um a property guy tj who uh, I, th I think you may or may not know um yeah just acknowledging the work that i'm doing and and you know i'm human too i don't do it for the acknowledgement but make no mistake people appreciate acknowledgement it's not oh sure you know i'm not asking for a cookie but just the acknowledgement that you know what what you're doing counts what you're doing is making a difference what you're doing matters that that's it yeah I, I concur with that i mean when i get messages from people saying you inspired me to go for a run today you inspired me to go and take action on my life today yeah it's just like well you guys know it, it just means everything to me so um totally totally get that uh, victoria's just saying i'm going to be so nervous when we all meet it's going to be weird yeah it's going to be really really weird <laughs> Amen to hiring a cleaner. That was my first move five years ago. I knew, Katie, you would have a cleaner. I just knew it. I just knew it. Uh, honestly, you'd love Katie. I don't know if you know Katie. She's amazing. I don't know. She's an amazing businesswoman. She's, oh, her story, you would love her story. Um, so I have to get her in the six-figure club. Katie, you need to join because you need to meet Charles. You've got a great, great story. Really great story. Right. Um, I have to pick my questions carefully now because we're like, really... oh, gosh. Uh, okay, this one's a good one. If you could have stepped into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't today, obviously? What's your biggest regret in business? Yeah, it's on the bloody list. Go on quickly then. My biggest regret in business is not the one that most people might think it should be because I once turned down the CEO role of a company called Bebo and Bebo was sold 18 months after I turned the role down. I was offered a 5% equity stake and the company was sold for 880 million. So that was quite a big mistake financially, right? Yes, that was not my biggest mistake. My biggest mistake was I had an opportunity to become a um a sports agent and because of my upbringing i didn't think that was a real job and i felt like i had to do something that that was my biggest business mistake ever because truthfully i would have been the biggest baddest kick ass agent in the world and i truly <laughs> i truly believe no arrogance no ego i genuinely in my soul believe i would be running the biggest sports agency in the world if i had said yes and I didn't. And that is my biggest regret. Not not losing out on 45 million. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that. There's, no, there's always more money. There's always more there's money. There's always more money, but I would have made a phenomenal sports agent. Uh, I like that Katie's just put, okay, I'm in. So Katie, six-figure club. Honestly, darling, you need to be in. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. Uh, okay, we got like a minute. Go. Maybe. Uh, I've got four cheeky questions, really quick. You don't have to think about it. Four things you can't live without. My partner, my son, Whitstable, oh. my nan. Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, okay, four things you love to eat. Sushi. Ah. Avocado. Oh, Coffee, although you don't eat coffee, but coffee would have to come everyone, When I did Jay Alderson, every, everyone comes up with a drink and Jay was like, gin. I'm like, can't have that. 
and eggs eggs avocado and sushi i could live off eggs oh okay yeah. all right four favorite instagram accounts to follow <laughs> you follow four <laughs> i do i do so they're gonna be quite funny snoop dog <laughs> oh my god he's just the funniest he's hilarious uh jamie alderton because the guy is just a dude. I love him. I love him. I and mean, he's just absolutely brilliant. Nice guy. Yeah, just phenomenal. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I really, really. Does, is 50 Cent on, on Insta? Yeah, his, he is, but his Insta is nowhere near as good as his book. Sorry. Okay. Not as, um, trying to think who else is really good. Oh, I, this is a this is a random one. I like I random. Probably shouldn't say it because it's probably not fair. And and, and um, no, I've okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, like I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it, but I'm gonna have a caveat around it, right? Okay. Britney Spears, because <laughs> whenever I feel like and this is see, this isn't gonna, this is not gonna come out the right way. But whenever I feel like I'm having a meltdown, I go I go onto Britney's Insta account and I just think, do you know what? I just want to go and give the poor girl a hug. Oh, it's kind of from a loving point of view. So. No, it is because I watch it and I just think, you really need some love in your life. Like if anybody follows her on Instagram, like right. she's def well, she's definitely on the spectrum of bipolar, and it just makes you realise that no matter how much money you might have, no matter how much fame you might have, you know, all of that is nothing if you don't feel loved and cared for and looked after. No, absolutely. It all starts there. All starts there. Yeah. You know, we, we all crave human connection and love. That's what we do. So you yeah. need to feed that first yeah. before anything else. And then mindset is our number one priority and our, our yeah. physical health. That, that's me all over. Okay, the very last kind of like cheeky question. Uh, without saying money, if you snapped your fingers, what was what would be the one thing you'd love to materialize always? Oh, that's so easy. A water villa in the Maldives. <laughs> you know so one of those, those villas on stilts? But yeah. I've got one here. Hold up. Can Stay I, there. I'm gonna make me feel really bad now because I want a holiday. <gasps> Could you that hide your retreat? <laughs> That one to be particular. I, I'm I'm planning on running a retreat here. Here. When? when? Uh, next year. We're looking at. We're we're genuinely looking at it right now. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I would. I've always wanted to go to the Maldives. So, um, business expense it is. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Doesn't matter where you go on a business retreat. It's all 100% tax deductible. Absolutely. I think Hannah's loving this. Sadly, Hannah is coming to an end. Uh, because Shah has to go and so do I. I have a client. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much. Char. I honestly have about 30 questions and I want there's so much I want to ask you. Um, so maybe hopefully at some point down the line I can get you back on again and, and delve in. Um, I am sure we can do that. A little bit deeper. But thank you so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate it. I wish there was an audience because we could give you a round of applause. But Shah Wasman, MBE, thank you so much for being Thanks, on. Cheers, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to It Starts With You. 
My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, then please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.